Yo! What's up? What's up? Not much, man. Just excited about what we got going on with this podcast today. I know, I know. Let's welcome all the listeners. Uh, This is Nerds of the Roundtable. I am your host, Antonio Padilla, and joining me is my co-host, Clifford Miller. Say what up, Clifford. What up, what up? <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get into it. Uh this is going to be our hopefully weekly uh pop culture, geek and news nerd news uh podcast. So, uh Clifford, let's uh let's let our audience get to know us a little bit uh for this first episode. So go ahead and introduce yourself, tell them what you're all about, what you're into, just Go nuts, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that, man. So here, here's what it is, guys. Uh, my name is Clifford Miller. Uh, people call me Cliff. Others who really know me call me Red Dog. Obviously, Clifford Big Red Dog. That's how much it's always meant to me. Not really. But anyway, so a uh, <laughs> little bit about me. As I'm a huge, avid, uh, I'm a huge nerd as far as, like, comics go, um, I also host other podcasts, you know, for mixed martial arts. You know, if you ever get the chance, get the KO. That's that's where I'm at. But this right here probably is my first love. And if you guys heard me on the podcast before, I'm all about the sports world, but I love, 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 love the comic book world. And specifically right now, just like the rest of probably the entire world, uh, the MCU and DCU movie uh, cinema universe, I am just enthralled with. I've buried myself into it. Um, people will go out there and talk about how much they don't like a certain movie, and I'll go back and defend it on how come I love that movie. So it's kind of interesting to see different cultures, different people, the way they interact with different films, but it's just it's just a passion of mine. I'm a huge, um, uh, man, if I had, and it's like, between Marvel and DC, like, it's like choosing your favorite child, and, like, I don't really do that. I'm like, I love them both so equally. Uh, I also... I should, I should point that out real quick before we, we go any further. Like, there's no, like, there's no hatred towards any any company or brand here. We're going to be, you know, trying to be positive here. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead, Cliff. Sorry to interrupt you. Of, of course, man. Then, as far as, like, pop culture goes... Uh, recently, I got into that show, The Ranchman, with Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson. It's a great show. I love it. It really reminds me of, um, you know, me and Antonio. We come from uh, Nebraska, and we just, you know, it, it kind of hits close to home. So it's really kind of a fun show. Um, big, big. I'm a big fan of the Big Bang Theory. Um, right. I just all sorts of shows. I'm I'm a '90s kid though, so I mean if. We're not talking Full House, Family Matters, Home Improvement. We're not talking those shows. We're not talking about funny. So you have to come with, like, the greatness of greatness. Um, as far as music, movies, TVs, I'm into everything. Uh, recently, I've tried to expand out. Uh, people are going to hate me for this, but I have not started Arrow yet or The Flash or Supergirl. So we were like, What? You're a superhero fan. How come you're not watching your shows yet? It's literally because I have no time because I jammed my schedules up. That's right. That, that's understandable, man. And I'll even forgive you for that because I understand how, how busy you are. You're a family man. So it does kind of break my heart. But you know what? It's okay. It's all right. 
But we have started those series, though. You know, I did. I, I I've gotten past episode one so far of Supergirl, which I'm really in. I'm enthralled with that show. I really do. Uh, I like Melissa a lot. You know, um, but so before that, I was a huge. Um, I'm a huge Glee fan. For those of you who don't know, and I'll say it out loud, I watch Glee. Well, up until I got canceled, but Melissa yeah, was really good on that show. It. So I really. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, that's yeah. about Supergirl, me, man. Supergirl's a good show, man. I lo- I love that show. And, and I, I, I often like come to that show's defense because I know a lot of people uh, kind of shit on that one a lot. But you know what? It's a good show. I, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys just don't like female superheroes, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, and that's probably you know that's that's to her defense though, man. She's she's great in that show. She's done a lot of good things. Um, as as far as portrayal, she's not trying to overdo it. You know, she's not. She's definitely not undoing it, but she's definitely not overdoing it as well. You know, she's not trying to be like, um, I wouldn't even know how to put it without really. She's she's exactly. Not, she's trying not to be like Christopher Reeves. She's definitely trying to be like her own, like you know, Kryptonian, and she's definitely trying to showcase what she's like her acting chops, which I think is great. I mean, I just find her just to be like that quirky kind of girl because that's how she was in Glee too. She was just that odd, quirky kind of girl, and seeing her now like in Supergirl. You know, it's it's cool. It's it's good. It's a good mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, Melissa, she's um. You know, I I never watched Glee, so I didn't really catch any of that stuff. But uh, I saw her in um, what was the movie? Whiplash. Yeah, she's not in that movie a whole lot, but but uh, the the small bit that she's in that she really left an impression on me. So when I found out she was playing Supergirl, I was like, oh, you know what? I like that. I like that. She's got to dye her hair, but, you know, I like it. And she did. But, you know, I agree with what, everything you said. You know, her performance, she's, she's, she's quirky. She's cute. Uh, she nails a lot of, like, uh, like you were saying, she's not doing a Christopher Reeve impression or anything like that, but what she's doing kind of harkens back to that. And uh, I like it. It's kind of like what Gal Gadot is doing uh, in Wonder Woman. And uh, uh, people who are listening, we're going to get into that. That's the bulk of today's episode. We'll get into that later. I just want to touch on it a little bit because, uh, you know, it relates to what we're talking about. You know, like uh, with that movie, they talked about how they wanted to harken back to uh, the Christopher Reeve era, Superman, and it, it works. You know, it still works. And I think that's um, that speaks a lot to what Christopher Reeve did back then, that if people can kind of pay homage to it or do a tip of the hat to it and it still holds up, then that's a, that's a strong performance. And uh, I can't fault anybody for wanting to do that, you know? No, no, you're definitely right, man. And, and seeing like, and even like, you know, um, you know, uh, Grant Gustin as, uh, oh, you yeah, know, as yeah, Barry, Barry man, yeah. playing the Flash. You know, that's and what's funny is that's another Glee alum right there, and he in the <laughs> yeah. show was playing like the fun roles. You know, and it, it's, it's good it's to see though. I really I pay a lot to those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Like, um, so many of the cast members on those shows are uh, like you know Grant, Melissa, and uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the 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 guy that they play. They got to play Music Meister recently. Um, you know, they they all came from Glee, and uh, even even some of the other cast members who are not from Glee are also like uh, song and dance people. And uh, you know, it's crazy how talented they all are. You know, like especially Grant. They, it was funny because uh, I don't I'm 
you know, I know you're not too far into any of these shows, and I don't mean to spoil anything, but in uh, season one of The Flash, you can tell they, they were trying so hard to make up an excuse to have Grant sing. And the way they do it in season one is it's pretty, it's, it's very genuine, it's organic. They just have Barry and uh, Caitlin go to a, a karaoke night at a bar, and he sings, and it blows everybody away, and it's great. But then uh, I, I always laugh. It took them three seasons to figure it out. Like, DC Comics has a villain called the Music Meister, and his whole shtick is that he, he makes everybody sing and dance as if they're in a, a musical. And I was like, guys, what, what don't you get about this? And this is an excuse to have everybody who can sing and dance on these shows just do that for an hour or more if you want. But, yeah, they finally yeah. did that, and it was, it was great. You know, they had everybody grant. Melissa, uh, Jeremy Jordan, who plays Wynn on Supergirl. They had uh, Carlos Valdez, Jesse L. Martin, John Barrowman, uh, Victor Garber. Just anybody, anybody who can sing and dance, sing and dance on that episode, and it was great. And that's like that's like the the, the fun of seeing those guys do all the things, you know. And it's it's so cool to understand like the progression of what. Like, each character is going through, and, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're into, like, the little screen worlds, the small screens, the big screens, you love the comic books, you read the graphic novels. Like, just watching the character evolve is so much fun to watch, and it's something that I definitely yeah, do cool. enjoy. And, you know, you, you throw out a great point, which, you know, we'll touch on later about uh, Gail Gadot, you know, paying homage to uh, Linda Carter and her Wonder Woman routine. She wasn't trying to be like this overbearing Wonder Woman. She was just paying homage to like, hey, like I'm going to be playing Wonder Woman, but I'm not like your standard Wonder Woman. And it's it's good to see like when she was playing as the princess, like, hey, princess died. She was doing her thing. And then when she was back to being like kind of low key, it was very Gal Gadot, you know? So as far as her, it was, I thought she had a great performance. And, you know, like you said, later today, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, so, uh, was that was that all you wanted to say in your your introduction, Cliff? Yeah, man. <laughs> all right, because I'm, I'm like we're already getting into it, and I didn't even do mine. All right. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you those of you listening, my name is Antonio Padilla. Like Clifford said, we grew up in Nebraska, uh, kind of a small town. Um, oh boy, I just. I'm a, I'm going to give you the story that I give everybody. Like when I was two years old, my dad took me to see Batman starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And that's the movie that started my whole journey into uh, comic books and superheroes and, 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 and everything. So like, you know, that movie holds a special place in my heart. Um, and if it wasn't for that, because I remember being a kid after I saw the movie and I was like, Dad, I need more of that. I need more of that. And my dad... Uh, bought me my first stack of Batman comic books. And uh, that was just kind of the gateway into everything because, you know, reading Batman and then I'm like, oh, hey, Superman is in this. I know who that is. And it's like, well, they're friends. That's cool. And then, wait, they're friends with all these other superheroes. You know, you see like the Flash and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and all those guys, like the Justice League. And it's like, oh, my God, I need to find out everything about all these guys now. And that's kind of where it blew up. And then I think like every other 90s kid, uh, like Clifford was saying, we're both 90s kids. Uh, like any other 90s kid, you ask them what they grew up watching on TV, you'll hear the same three things. Number one, Batman the Animated Series. Number two, X-Men. Number three, Spider-Man. 
And so X-Men and Spider-Man were kind of my gateway into Marvel. And so, like, uh, uh, we're also going to talk about this later, but, like, you know, X-Men, Cyclops, hands down, is still my favorite Marvel character, whatever you want to say, whatever you want I feel like he's severely misrepresented in the movies, like severely, like to the point where it causes me pain. Uh, but I, I feel like they're, they're, they're trying to rectify that with uh, what they're doing with Ty Sheridan's mm-hmm. Cyclops. So I'm, I'm hyped about that. Uh, see, comic books, I love, you know, I grew up on DC. I love Marvel. I love Marvel. A lot of people think I'm a Marvel hater. I'm not. I'm not. I love Marvel. It's just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that, why people think that later, in a later episode. But, uh, you know, uh, there's just so much. And I love, like, some of the, the smaller ones, like uh, Dark Horse. Uh, they got great stuff. Hellboy. Hellboy's a Dark Horse comic. Um, some of the smaller ones, Boom, uh, Image, all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, comic books is where I'm at primarily. I do love watching movies and TV shows. Uh I love the DC TV series that are on right now. Uh, the Flash, the Flash is like one of the best things ever. Never miss an episode. It's great. It's great. I love all of them. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, let, let's talk. Let's talk about music real quick because I feel like that's when you really get to know somebody. Uh, I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. So if anybody's out there and you you feel me on that, let me know. Hit me up. Uh, I also like we're talking about like current music. I love Run the Jewels. That's that's good stuff right there. Um, you know, I'm a huge uh, Joy Division fan. Joy Division, New Order. I love punk music, but like original punk. Talking like Sex Pistols and The Clash and all that stuff. That's good stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I love comic books. I'm a huge film buff. Uh, Clifford knows this. He and I are both huge film buffs. We love watching movies, even if it's not superheroes or comic books. Uh, we just love watching good movies, discussing them. And we're probably going to do a fair amount of that on this podcast, just to let everybody know. Uh, you know what the funny and, thing is, man, too? One of the, one of the funniest things, though, is that um, recently I, I, I've been telling this story to a bunch of my friends here around um, and just to give you guys an idea like uh, I left Nebraska and I actually live in Maryland now but uh, I've been telling guys around here about how we play you know six degrees where we connect two actors together in less than six movies and I've told people that I have a, a glass that literally says that I'm the six degrees champion and people don't believe me until I bring that mug in and they really start testing me like people have literally asked me to start naming movies and putting actors together in less than six movies. And I've been beating people left and right in this game oh, yeah. over here where I'm working at my job, and they cannot stand it because they think they got me, and it all of a sudden it's like one movie and now connected to like three other movies, and they're like, oh, my God, this is done. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you earned that title, man. That was uh, – I almost forgot about that until you just brought it up. But, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's true. Anybody out there wants to challenge Clifford – Feel free, but I'm telling you right now, you're going down. <laughs> and this is coming from yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody's who, uh, feelings. Yeah, 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 that's for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, uh, I, I feel we should also mention uh, Clifford and I are both huge video game guys, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that as well, either today or a, a future episode. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we love video games. Love them. That's what we used to do in our free time. Love. 
Love, 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 love video games. There's no doubt about that ever. Yeah. The only the only thing that sucks is uh, Clifford and I live uh, so far apart from each other. We can't play together because he's an Xbox guy, and I'm a PlayStation guy. So, you know, no hate on anybody. Uh, you know, it's just it sucks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, Clifford, yeah, so, uh, I, I, what's up? Go ahead. Yeah, something I wanted to touch on, though, really quick, too. Um, we, talk about, we talk about music all the time, and uh, I just want people to know out there, um, my, my music genre, just like uh, Antonio, he's going to tell you, too, that our music genre is huge, like massive. We don't, we don't ever talk about liking one type of music unless we're like dead set in that mode for that mood for that music like i'll tell you right now uh if i was if i was whether i'm in the gym or i'm in my car uh-huh. everything will play in the radio and people laugh and they don't believe me but one minute it could be like acdc pantera or Marilyn manson and the next minute it could be like justin bieber and taylor swift or it could be something like uh rob zombie or white zombie or we're talking uh, four non-blondes, or we're talking Aerosmith and, like, J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar. Like, we, we generally just love music. If you have great musical tones, we love it. Yeah, good music is good music. doesn't matter what genre it is, what, what the artist is. If it's good, we listen to it. We don't discriminate, except against bands. We don't discriminate. We'll, 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 we'll get into that. <laughs> But yeah, 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 no, like, uh, I feel like uh, it's important to stress, like, uh, uh, Clifford and I are very much into being positive and, and, and not being negative, and that's what we're going to try and do on this podcast as well. So, uh, so yeah, 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 so, well, uh, I feel like we've got introductions out of the way. Uh, Clifford, if you want to, what do you want to lead with? you want to lead with, lead with uh, our, our favorites, or do you want to get into Wonder Woman right now? No, let's leave with our favorites because I think, well, yeah, let's leave with our favorites because I think really that's going to lead us right into Wonder Woman and we're going to end up talking about that because we're going to have two different sides we're going to really talk about. I think, I think it's going to be really a lot of fun when we talk about from our favorite superheroes, to favorite supervillains, right into Wonder Woman. It's going to happen. It's going to be so, it's going to be a crazy transition. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be great. All right. All right. Uh, let's do favorite heroes and we'll go into, to, we'll talk about favorite villains as well. Um, what do you want to start with? you want to start Marvel, DC, or you just want to do them all at the same time? Let's just do them all at the same time. Because that's, I mean, this is where, where the, the brass tax is going to come into play in our, we're really going to start seeing how many people really can vibe with us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, right on. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you start. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, so let's let's be honest, on the Marvel side, you know, um, I actually have planned on getting a brand new tattoo. It's going to be uh, uh, basically the Avengers versus uh, X-Men, and they're going to be clashing into the center with my favorite superhero sitting dead center with his thumbs up and his eye winking at somebody. Also talk about chimichangas. If you haven't guessed it, yes, I'm a huge advocate of Deadpool. In fact, as I'm recording this right now, I'm in a baseball jersey of Deadpool, and on the back it says tacos with a number 90. So, reason being why why would Deadpool why would Deadpool be that guy? Well, I'll tell you. It'll start with my second favorite character, who is Peter Parker and Spider Man. And why is that? Because they have a tendency of breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to the reader. 
I love it when characters have that ability. To be honest, one of my favorite characters of any TV show is Zach Morris. Same reason. He talks to you. He gets intrigued. He gets you involved in the show. He really wants you to be a part of it. So with Deadpool, you're talking about a merc with a mouth who does not care. He comes out. He just wants to eliminate everybody. And recently, uh, I've read a couple polls about the strongest mutant or strongest superhero in all of the Marvel Universe, and Deadpool has been ranking number one only because of Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. We're talking about one character who loses control and annihilates everybody to the point to where he even comes out of the comic book himself and has a discussion with the readers. Yeah, we're talking about he's, he's killing writers. Like, that's insane. <laughs> so it has to be Deadpool. That I ever saw. That was... That was insane when i read that that was awesome yeah so as far as like as far as uh, as a comic book character yeah deadpool would definitely have to be in my tops but if you're not including deadpool you have to talk about spider-man um my other, another one of my favorite characters i feel kind of underrated um uh Deb, or not, nightcrawler and we got to talk about gambit and from there it's captain america so i mean Nightcrawler and, and Gambit are my two favorite mutants, and I love Spider-Man, I love Deadpool. Captain America is definitely ranking up there. Uh, and the reason I love Captain America, uh, I'm, a vet- I'm a veteran. Uh, I've been overseas, I've come back home front, and just that attachment to, to Captain America on the soldier side is just, it's just a huge connection to me personally. That's right, that's right. I should mention that. Um, I'm, a, I'm kind of ashamed I didn't mention it earlier because I wanted to, to, to bring that up right away. But, yeah, that's right, people. Uh, Clifford is a, a military man, and he, he served this country. And, uh, you know, pay your respect, all right, because uh, I got mad love for, for, for Clifford and everything that he did. A lot of my friends uh, served in the military, a lot of my family. So, yeah, I agree with Cliff. Uh, I have a lot of... Um, Part of what I love about Captain America as well is uh, that, that connection. I, I didn't serve in the military, but I've got a lot of friends and family who have, and I connect to that as well. So, uh, yeah, so I just want to say thank you. Thanks. Oh, thank you, man. You know, and one thing I like about Captain America, too, is that, um, you know, it's, so Deadpool, obviously, I love him because he's crazy. Peter Parker, because he, Peter Peter has, you know, that great res- Great powers come with great responsibility, so you have to understand, like, the world. Like, you literally have to understand, like, the consequences that you have are there for your actions. Nightcrawler, he's always been an underdog. Uh, let's be real, Remy LeBeau is one of those dudes who, you know, a lot of people like him because he has the kinetic abilities and that he can throw cards. And I like him because he's very smooth. Like, you yeah, never see him really get too rattled about anything. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He knew he's a, well, I he mean, knew he's that. A, he's, a he's a criminal, man. He has to be smooth and 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 suave and cunning. So yeah, right. Yeah. And at any time, he knows that rope can kill him. But he's like, you know what? I'm gonna play with shit anyway. Like he does <laughs> not care. <laughs> and so it was what I really love about Captain America, which is definitely gonna lead on the other side, right? Is uh, my so he's my number five hero. But he has his will. He never wants to stop. He always wants to stand up for what's right. You know, truth, justice in the American way. Um, but more importantly, it's his will. He just does not know when to quit and refuses to quit. And even as Steve Rogers, prior to becoming a super soldier, he, was get, he gets his butt kicked 
all the time, but he just refuses to stay down. And that's something that, that you don't find very often as someone with a lot of heart. And when I see Spider-Man and I see Nightcrawler and I see Gambit and I see Captain, when things come down to it, they show you that true love, that true passion that they really have. And that's something that really I connect to and I vibe with just instantly with any kind of uh, character. Because on the DC side, uh, recently, I was a huge Batman fan. I was a huge uh, Superman fan. Um, you know, I, and recently, uh, my number one character now is Green Lantern. Doesn't matter which one, whether it's John or or uh, Jordan, uh, uh, Hal, or, or, but or, or Kyle, or yeah, yeah, just any any of the lands. Right. It's yeah, it I, ha- you, it I, 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 knew, I knew you were gonna go there because you're talking about Will Perrin. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's definitely Green Lantern material right there. Yeah. So Green Lantern is one of those guys that he just it's a refusal to quit, and by their will is what's gonna bring them on and bring them through. And even as terrible. As Green Lantern the movie was, or Ryan Reynolds, yeah, that was something was that really there. stood out to me a lot, was that Ryan Reynolds, he understood, like, Green Lantern's ability comes from his ring, and his ring is powered by what's inside of him. And that's yeah. important. That's what people need to understand, that, you know, anything in this world that happens, no matter what, if you have a will and you have a desire and you drive hard enough, you'll get what you're going to do. And that's exactly why I vibe so much now with Green Lantern because it wasn't until recent, one of, one of the guys that I was at the gym with, uh, I was wearing a Green Lantern shirt and I was just kind of laughing about it. I was like, yeah, he's one of my favorite heroes, but I don't really know where he ranks. And then he said, you know, it takes will to do what you're doing. It takes will to just continue moving on in the direction when things are going bad. And I really started thinking about things. And the more I started thinking about it, the more I started vibing with it, the more I was like, you know what? Green Lantern really is that dude, and, and that's where I'm at now with him as as far as being my number one. Yeah. And then, of course, you got to take Batman, Superman. Yeah, then you got Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, rocketed up my list. It was just amazing to watch her do her thing. Oh, man. Gal Gadot, by the way, we're, as as we keep touching back on it, Gal Gadot is, is that girl. And then, um, right. you know, another one of my favorite uh, superheroes, that just, I don't know, man. He's he's new, newish, but Red Hood is really starting to keep my attention a lot more now. Mm, mm. See that the. the mm. <laughs> this is where this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna diverge because oh man, I I just don't I don't get Red Hood at all. I don't get him. I don't get him. I don't get the love for him. I know everybody loves him, but I can't stand him. Uh, maybe because I'm just more of a old school traditional hero hero type guy, but yeah, I don't know. Something about him just rubs me wrong. I guess because you know I remember, um, or I don't remember reading it because I, I was either not born or still just a very young uh, infant. But uh, I do have a bunch of those back issues with uh, Jason Todd when he was still Robin, and oh my God, did he rub me the wrong way? Like I understand why people voted to have him killed off. Like yeah, get rid of this dude. I don't like him, but yeah, yeah. You know I mean, what? Like, you know, like I, I have a differing opinion on him, and it's cool that it, if you like him, that's fine. I'm not saying you can't like him. I'm just saying, not for me. He's not for me. Well, and what I like about Red Hood, right, is is he is parallel to Batman in every sense that Batman will tote to that line of 
good, right, or good and evil, and he won't cross over. And Jason, right. issue with Deadpool. Deadpool does not care. Deadpool is comedic. But if we had a serious Deadpool where Deadpool was like, I'm just murdering everybody for, you know, for X, Y, and Z, or I'm, I'm fighting for good, but I'm still going to kill all these guys, that's literally what you're looking at. You're looking at a serious Red Hood as far as Deadpool goes. And that's how I see him. And other people may may not see it. They might see it differently. They might say like, "Well, he's still like a little whiny, you know, a little whiny kid who's just like crying about stuff." And and you're probably right. But in the same token, to me, when I see Red Hood and he puts a bullet in somebody, I see Deadpool on the same side. Deadpool pulls a bullet. Difference is, Deadpool is funny. Jason Todd is not. Jason Todd's doing it seriously. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're not. You're not wrong. <laughs> You know, like I, I, I can see that. I can see where, where maybe people could make that connection, and maybe that's what, maybe that's what they're seeing, and I'm just not seeing it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's, yeah, maybe I, uh, maybe I just need to open up my mind and, 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 you know, give him another chance, maybe. But yeah, yeah. Oh, go man. ahead, go ahead, though. No, no, that's it for me, man. That's like my top five on just both sides, and <laughs> I guess uh, I get also gotta throw out there though. Uh, if I wanted to pick one superhero over all superheroes, though, Spawn is definitely my dude. <laughs> oh, I, I know, man. I know. I remember, <laughs> oh, man. I remember how much you loved Spawn. Oh, yeah. Spawn is definitely, I, I, in fact, I don't know how come I don't have a tattoo yet of, like, Spawn's face like, on my I body yet. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't know yet. But when I started getting my money right, is definitely going to be a thing that happens quickly yeah, that, that Spawn will make his appearance. I'm looking In fact, to Angel that. Spawn. Oh, yes. Angel Yes, I love yes. that. Yeah. That would look so dope. That would definitely be my guy. But what about you, man? What about your favorite superheroes? Oh, boy. This is going to be, this is going to be a tough one. Like, I'm going to say off the bat, uh, no pun intended, Superman, Batman, right up there. All right, nobody, nobody can touch them. Um, you know, Superman and Batman, uh, I've been big fans of them since I was a kid, and uh, that's never going to change, you know. Um, I love, uh, so, uh, since I led with the, the, the top two on DC, I'm going to go ahead and go right into Marvel. Um, like I said at the top of the show when I was doing my introduction, I love Cyclops from the X-Men. I know a lot of people who only no Cyclops from the movies and whatnot are like, oh, why? He's such a whiny, a whiny character. Like, yeah, because he's been severely misrepresented in the movies. If you read, like, the comic books or whatever, Cyclops is a badass. I love him. He's one of the characters that uh, showed me how to be a leader, how to lead your team, and be the guy that everybody looks up to. Like, the thing I love about him most is that you know, he will never leave one of his team members behind. Like, never. He doesn't believe in turning his back on his fellow mutant. Uh, so much so that uh, I remember a couple years back when um, the mutants had their own country, you know, Cyclops was elected president. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why wouldn't he lead an entire nation of mutants? Like, that's the guy. And uh, also, you know, you were talking about Avengers versus X-Men. That, that broke my heart because... Uh, one of my other favorite uh, Marvel characters, like you said, Captain America. And I just remember seeing Cyclops and Cap 
locked in battle, and I was like, no, who do I root for? That <laughs> <laughs> was such a terrible thing because, you know, Cyclops, like I said, taught me about leadership and, and, and all that stuff, but Cap was one of the other guys too, you know? He's a, a military man, and he, he kind of represents all the goodness in mankind. You know, like you were saying, he never gives up, and like Cyclops, he never he never gives up on his fellow man. He never leaves anyone behind, you know, if he can help it. So, you know, those are, those are two guys that I really looked up to. And, uh, yeah, Avengers versus X-Men kind of tore me apart for that reason. Uh, let's see, Marvel characters. I feel like I got to give shout outs to a lot of the female characters, you know, like I love, I love Jean Grey, uh, Emma Frost. You know who I love as a female character? Spider Gwen. That's my girl right yeah, there. Yeah, Spider Gwen is. You you know it's funny. Um, so for some of you guys who don't know, I have a I have a daughter. She's six years old, and uh, Spider Gwen is quickly becoming one of her favorite characters. So it's it's kind of funny to see because she's also into um, uh, She Pool, and she's into um, uh, Wonder Woman and Batgirl. So it's kind of fun to see like all these these females like be represented. Oh, and Black Widow. She loves Black Widow too. Right, right. And I think um, Spider Gwen. God, that was so great. Like it's such a, a genius idea, you know. Like you, like why didn't anybody come up with that sooner? Like you tell the story of a uh, 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 an alternate world, an alternate universe, whatever you want to call it, where you know, Gwen gets bitten by the spider and she becomes Spider-Woman. Like, that's so brilliant. Why didn't anybody do that before? And it's great. It works so great. She's such a great character. Like, ah, I love it. I love her. I love Gwen. She's probably, if we're talking, like, strictly uh, Marvel right now, she's probably my favorite Marvel hero. Like I said, even though she comes from a totally different uh, universe or timeline, whatever you want to call it, uh, she's my number one. Um... Let's see, Marvel heroes. I love Deadpool just as much as anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody, I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't like Deadpool. But yeah, yeah I, it goes without saying, Deadpool, he's great. Uh, the Punisher, Punisher was one I was really big into. Clifford knows that. I, I used to bring comic books to school with me to read, like whenever I was done with my work and, and there was just free time. And I remember uh, reading The Punisher quite a bit. Uh, that was back when you actually had to have comic books that you could hold in your hand, you know, before everything went digital, which is what I read everything on now. Uh, well, I still remember. I still remember in high school when we were uh, we were reading uh, when Punisher and uh, Wolverine were in, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of a battle, and yeah, Punisher yeah. blew his balls off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what, dude? You know what's funny? I still have those issues. I still have them in my collection. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Punisher straight, he straight up blew Wolverine's balls off. And then he also blew his face off. Do you remember that? I do, with a shotgun. The, yeah, 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 yeah. He blew his face off with a shotgun and you just see the, the adamantium skull underneath. Oh my god, that was great. <laughs> do you remember you how You know what's funny, though? We were talking about we were talking about first comic books that we've ever owned, right? And uh, my first comic book that I ever owned was when Electro uh, fought Spider-Man 
And this would have been, oh, my God, it was so long ago, 1994. I was in this town called Shallowwater, Texas. Uh, and my uncle saw it, and he saw the way I looked at it, and he bought it for me. And that was literally the first comic book I had ever owned. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, that's always great. Like, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and I was talking to him about, like, where a lot of my uh, comic book knowledge comes from. Uh, you know, I have so many uncles and, and, and even my grandfather who fought in World War II, which is why he had so many comic books. Uh, you know, when I became a certain age, they all just kind of gave me their comic book collections. That's why I have so many of those old issues. Like I have, I have the issue of the Fantastic Four that straight up, it's just the origin. And I remember reading that when I was a kid and I was like, that's another thing I have to bring up. I, I still have a, a huge love of the Fantastic Four. Like we're talking about favorite heroes. I got to, I got to bring up the Fantastic Four and uh, Sue Storm as one of my favorite female characters like that, that whole thing is, uh, again, I feel like that's one of those properties that is, has struggled to be adapted into live action. And, uh, you know, I, I do kind of enjoy the, the, the two movies, you know, the, the, the Chris Evans and Jessica Alba movies. I, they're not great, but they're, they're okay. They're not as terrible as everybody makes them out to be. Um, that last one that they made, though, ugh. <laughs> yeah, that last one was some trash. Yeah, that was not. That was not. Ah, the the painful thing about that movie, though, is that it starts out pretty decent. You know, like it's it's an okay movie up until about the uh, when you see the what is it? Is it nine months later or whatever? I haven't seen the movie in a long time. <laughs> but yeah, there's a time yeah, jump no. that happens midway through the movie, and that's when it just turns into total crap. It's like, what? Like, I don't understand, like, in this day and age, why studios still insist on meddling with uh, a movie or, or, or just going over the, the director that they hired to make the movie for them. Like, why they go over their head and mess with the movie? I don't get it. I still don't get it. Like, no, why do we still do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> Favorite heroes. Uh, Marvel. Uh, let's see. Who else do I really love from Marvel? Oh, we have to bring up Blade. Because I feel like there's not, enough appreciation. there's not enough appreciation for Blade. I'm not just talking about like in movies and whatnot. I mean like comic book Blade. That's a, that's a great character. And I know like he's he's kind of gaining popularity again right now. But I mean... That's a character. You and I both love that character. And uh, Oh, yeah, I know. I remember when Blade came out and we watched it and we were just in awe of just what we were watching. Yeah, yeah, that was a... Oh, oh, I got to bring this up. I recently rewatched the original Blade and uh, that movie still holds up, man. It still holds up. It's still great. Remember when they were promoting Blade... And they did a martial arts tournament, like to showcase different martial arts. And Wesley Snipes was the host of it, and like yeah, it was like one that. episode. But they were really promoting Blade, and then like that's what was so funny was like if you watch all different Blades, like the first Blade was really more focused around like martial arts. The second one was more kind of like in a wrestling kind of world, and the third one tried to bring it back to like the martial arts mixed kind of wrestling. But um, it was just to me, man, like Blade was the thing that started it all. Like, everybody talks about the X-Men movies, 
yo, for real, forget X-Men. Blade was that movie. Like, right, you know, about right. a guy who goes out and just wipes out vampires and saves the humans. Like, that's, that's your dude right there. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing that people don't talk about, like, we're, we're talking about Blade, and, and that is the movie that kind of jump-started the, the comic book movie craze that we're in right now. Um, but the other thing that people don't talk about, or maybe they just don't remember, that movie was rated R. You know, people talk it about, like, Deadpool. R. People talk about Deadpool being, like, this, this, this milestone, this, this huge success in R-rated comic book movies. Like, yo, the movie that jump-started this whole thing was rated R. Like, like I don't like. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I wish it would happen more. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Blade was rated R, and that was the movie. Everybody kind of forgets, you know, because I guess because he's not a marquee character like, like the X Men or Spider Man, which those are the ones people kind of give that credit to. But no, it was Blade, straight up. Which oddly enough, let's be real. Like Blade, um, I'm gonna say Logan and Deadpool. All three, rated R, all three phenomenal films. Like, I'm just going to be that guy that says that. And then after that, you know, obviously you have all your other favorite uh, comic book movies. But those three movies, like, by far, I would think, as a, in a comic book sense, comic book world sense, those three movies, you have to sit there. If you don't have at least two of those three movies in your top five, your top five is irrelevant. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, Logan, that movie, that movie tears me apart every time I watch it. It hurts uh, my soul. Uh, like I legitimately <laughs> shed a tear every time I had chance at that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, no joke, man. Me too, man. I remember uh, the first time I saw it, I watched it by myself, cried like a baby. Uh, I watched it again with my younger brother and. Uh, like me and my brother are close enough, like we'll cry, we'll cry together and shit like that. But then I watched it with my dad, and my dad is, uh, my dad is super old school. For anybody listening, he's like, he's a man, okay? He's a man. He will not cry. He pretends he doesn't even know what emotions are. But we were watching Logan, and the movie, the movie's wrapping up, and it's getting super emotional, and it just turns into me and my dad pretending not to cry in front of each other. <laughs> you know, great. it's funny, though, man, because, like, that's... And not, not to give spoilers out for those who haven't seen Logan, but if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's important. But that scene with, you know, Patrick Stewart right before oh, everything happened. Oh, my yeah. God, he's telling that story in the bed. I was I, I was done. <laughs> The emotion that he's 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 giving you in that scene, it's like oh, like I felt I felt everything he was feeling. It was Patrick Stewart, man. That dude, um, like, what do you say about the guy that hasn't already been said? He's a phenomenal actor. He's he's probably one of the best actors. Uh, like he'll go down in history as one of the best. Like he's a theater guy. He's he's on television and movies, but that performance in Logan is yeah I'm going to say it's probably some of the best work he's ever committed to film you know what's funny too man is that how weird is it that when you when you compare when you say Patrick Stewart right you're either talking about Picard 
or um or Professor X. Oh. Well, no, because um you're talking about Picard and uh uh Kirk or you're talking about McElroy and Stewart. Like you're like, "Hey, I know he played Professor X, but who played him better?" Like, "Wait a minute, the different timeline." Yeah, yeah. And Deadpool yeah. kind of joked on that a little bit, but it's I know, like that was one of my favorite jokes in that movie. It's like, who do you really want to choose? Like, who do you really want to go for? Because, like, hey, no knock on James McAvoy. He did a phenomenal job as a young Professor X. But in that scene and uh, Days of Future Past, when they were together, oh, oh, yeah. you already knew who the real X was. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. That scene, that scene that you're talking about right there in uh, Days of Future Past, when you, you finally see... Uh, young Professor X and, and, and old Professor X, you finally see them together and they're talking to each other. That's the one scene in that movie where my emotions were running high, man. Because, like, they're both... Like you said, like, like no disrespect to any of the, the two, but, like, they're both giving it their all in that scene. And it's, it's... To me, that scene is, like, phenomenal. I love it. Like, I'll watch that movie just for that scene alone. <laughs> you know, like, when they start... When they start talking to each other, I'm just like, oh my god, this is it. Like, this is the this is that moment, you know, because uh, that whole movie was kind of sold to people on the the idea that it's it's the the original cast and then the new cast. But like, you don't really see a whole lot of crossover between the the past and the future, except in that one scene where you see Professor X talking to himself, and that's when it that's kind of what the whole movie builds up to. And then once you finally get it, it's like, yes, this is amazing. I love it. It's wild enough, too, that, like, no, and really, I mean, as far as that goes, too, the only real crossover that you have other than just, like, that one scene was where uh, Jennifer Lawrence meets uh, Hugh Jackman. And, like, you're talking about Old Mystique and New Mystique, or Old Wolverine and New Mystique. Like, that's about the only real crossovers that you get. And then, yeah, other than the fact that, Logan was the one that got sent back in the past. You know, I think that was like my only issue with the with the movie. But overall, I mean, we've talked about this offline, online, and online. We've talked about this, but Days of Future yeah. Past definitely has to be in my top five favorite movies, like as far as the comic book world goes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you know, you you know where I stand on on Wolverine, especially in the movies. I feel like uh, the character is uh, incredibly overrated. Um, and that's not to that's not to say anything about negative about like uh, uh, Hugh Jackman and his portrayal, like he 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 nails that character every time. But yeah, yeah, that was kind of my my gripe with the movie as well. Like it's like ah, oh, they they just they made it Wolverine just so they could make another Wolverine centric movie. But aside from mm-hmm. that, the movie is the movie is solid. It's great. Uh, yeah, I put that probably in my top. Oh boy, let's see. I'm probably gonna say my top ten. I don't know if it's top five, but it's 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 up there. Um, no, true story. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh man, we really got off topic. <laughs> we did. We really did. And that's like that's like the beauty of this show, I guess, because we can just kind of talk about what we want to. But let's, you know, maybe maybe for the next show, we'll talk about our favorite supervillains as well as our favorite movies, because that one's going to carry us on forever. That's so get, let's yeah, jump into let's yeah, jump yeah. into on Wonder Woman. Note, on that note, yeah, let's get into Wonder Woman. I know anybody listening right now is going to be like, "What? That movie came out a month ago." It's like, 
you know what, man, my boy Clifford only recently saw it. So, and we got a lot to say about this movie. So we're going to do that for our first episode. Also, uh, before we start that, I do want to say something. I wanted to say this at the top of the show, but I, I totally forgot. Um, uh, I was on the road almost all day, so I didn't hear the news until I got home. Uh, I want to I want to say something about George Romero. Uh, he just passed away. One of the great horror movie icons, probably the guy who uh, popularized the zombie movie. Um, so I just want to pay my respects to that man and his entire legacy. Without him, we wouldn't have we probably wouldn't have something like The Walking Dead. So, you know, pay your respects, pay your respects to that man and uh, and his legacy. Yeah, rest in peace. Yep. Rest in peace. Uh, condolences to his family, uh, everybody, the fan base. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I put that out there because you know we got love. It's not just about superheroes uh, on this on this channel. You know anything regarding pop culture and uh, the figures uh, in pop culture that we look up to and respect. And George Romero is definitely one of those guys. So yeah, I wanted to say that. Uh, so before we get into it, so. Uh, yeah, with that, let's uh let's jump into Wonder Woman. Ah, what where do you want to start, Clifford? Well, let's let's we don't even have to address like the biggest part of the movie. Let's just talk about what you and I just joke about openly, okay? Uh okay. Right. Chris Evans and Steve Rogers have now been bumped down to number two. Let's be real <laughs> about that. That's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm I'm glad you wanted to talk about this first, because I was just talking to uh, my brother about this, my younger brother, because um, he only just recently saw it as well. And uh, I was talking to him about it. I was like, because I told him before he saw the movie, I was like, yo, you're going to you're gonna be so impressed with Chris Pine. Not that I wasn't already a fan of his, but this movie and his performance uh, as Steve Trevor, like I talk about this with everybody when we talk about this movie. I say uh, this movie is all about uh, female empowerment and celebrating strong strong women, not just in the movie, but in real life, whether that's your mother, your grandmother, your wife, your girlfriend, whoever, strong women. That's what this movie is all about. That's what it's about celebrating. But I also just love that in a movie like that, they managed to craft a character like Chris Pine's Steve Trevor, who is kind of the best male character I've ever seen in one of these movies. Like, like straight up, man. Like that dude, that character. He, he, he. That speech at the end, you know, right before, um, you know, when. Uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you're trying to avoid spoilers, uh, clock out right now. Come back and listen to the episode later. So I'm giving you a spoiler alert right now. Five, four, three, two, one. After Diana kills um, Ludendorff. You know, because she thinks he's Ares, and she's just like flabbergasted, and she's she's confused as to why why nothing has changed. And and Steve gives that speech. You know, he's like, you know, he says maybe it's not maybe it's not one person. You know, you can't can't just blame it on one. Maybe it's all of us. Maybe we're all to blame. Like that whole speech, that scene, really hits me. You know, and it's the way he delivers it. And and I don't know who to give credit to for the character of Steve Trevor in the movie whether it was the writers, the directors, or if it's, it's Chris Pine and his, his insight into the character himself. But 
you know, congrats to anybody and everybody who had a hand in putting, making that character come to life because it is uh, amazing. It's amazing. Like, like you said, we joke about it, but like straight up, like Chris Evans, uh, Steve Rogers, you're no longer my favorite Chris slash Steve. That honor goes to Chris Pine and Steve Rogers. Uh, Steve Trevor, sorry. Steve Trevor. You know, I so, think yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. I think the line, I think the line that stood out to me, right? I'll save today. You save tomorrow. You save the world. You can save like, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's such a huge statement because, you know, we, we go back and, you know, he's, he's a spy. He works for British intelligence, which, by the way, it was kind of weird because he was like an American <laughs> working for a British. <laughs> right. Whatever. Right, right. I don't really care. World, that's still was, something. World War One, man. World War One. Oh, yeah. And I, I definitely, I vibe with it. But what was so cool about it was just that statement alone. He knew off the off the part. He was just like, "I'm about to sacrifice myself for the greater good." And and it goes back to me being a military person. Like the idea of like you're writing a check for something much bigger than what you are. And he was giving up the one thing that he loved. Like he truly loved Diane enough to say, "Hey, I'm gonna end this all so that way nobody else has to get hurt, and you do what you gotta do." And so, right, to me, right. I think that's what stands out. That makes me. That makes me feel like that's what took me, because you know Steve Rogers, man, in all of the Captain America movies, you know, even at the part where at the end of uh, the Avenger, or not the Avengers, but um, the, the first, first Captain Avenger. America, the first Avenger, uh, you know, he had that scene where he was getting ready to jump on the plane, and, and uh, you know, he was kissing, he was kissing a uh, uh, old girl, and then he jumps on the plane and they take off, right, like. Yeah, that's cool. And then even he told her, like, hey, you know, we're not going to have this dance. But he hits the water and he freezes, and we all knew Captain America was coming. I don't know if we all thought, hey, Chris Pine really is going to go out in this movie. Because at the beginning of it, you're kind of like, I don't really know. And then, like, he he utters that right there at the end. You know, he's like, yeah. Diane. Yeah. Boom! That's and that's oh, it. No. You're just like, No! Did he jump out the plane? Did he pull his parachute? Oh, no, he made it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're you're trying to, like, like no, he's not gone. He's not gone. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, like what you were saying, man, like like his uh, his sense of duty in that scene. You know, when you see him run, you know, he leaves Diane and he runs to, to jump on the plane. There's that one moment when Diana is calling out to him, she says, you know, she calls out Steve and he, there's a split second where he, he hesitates, but only for a split second. And then he just keeps running, you know, cause yep. it's like if I, if I stay and everybody's going to die and it's not going to matter. Like, even if I stay for her, it's not going to matter. I have to go. And that's what, ah, like you were saying about uh, Captain America. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that scene where he's he's in the he's in the the aircraft and he's going down. Like it's super emotional. It is, but you know, for guys like you and me, it's like we know he's not going to die. Like, like we know that he has to come back for the Avengers. Like he's not going to die. And like, yeah, he makes this noble sacrifice. Like he didn't know he was going to die. We knew it. But like, you know, uh, Steve Trevor's sacrifice in Wonder Woman kind of means more. You know, because it's like that's it. He's done. That's that's you know. He gave up his life to to save however many people from from what that weapon was going to do. So 
you know, it's yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I just yeah, I love it. I love it. And I mean, uh, you know, we so don't need to gush about about the male character in Wonder Woman, but we just we got to get that out of the way first, so we can get into yeah. the bulk of it. All right, so go ahead, Clifford. So let's get into it, right? Let's let's get into Gal Gadot, man, because that's like the biggest piece of obviously, you know, you definitely talk about how it's about the celebration of women and how you know the empowerment piece of them and how you know you have a strong female superhero. I loved the building of the character where she was like as a as a young princess, she was like mimicking all the warriors and she was like trying to build up. And then, oh my God, you know, yeah, I love uh, baby Diana. Oh, she gives me life. Every time I watch the movie, I'm just like, yes, I love this little girl. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, only if you knew who you're going to grow up to be. Only if you knew at this time. <laughs> I know, right? I, I also love it when she like, uh, she goes to like jump off the ledge and her mother catches her. She's like, oh, hello, mother. How are you today? Like, she's so right. fearless, even when she was a little kid. Oh, it's so great. But, yeah, yeah, go it's ahead. It's so go cool ahead. to watch her grow. No, but it's like, you have that development piece, man, where she grows slowly, and then they're like, hey, we need to train her. No, we don't need to train her. Then she's, like, training behind her mom's back. And then eventually she starts to get very good. And then we see Gail Gadot come out. And, by the way, uh, Gail Gadot, too, is a veteran, not of U.S. forces, but of Israel uh, she's an ex-Israeli soldier. And what's so funny, too, man, is, like, we have to side note this for a second, because okay. she, her character in The Fast and the Furious, right, I think was meant to be in Fate of the, Fu- uh, the Fate of the Furious as well. And then when she signed on to do, uh, when she yeah, signed yeah. on, like, that was it. <laughs> like, she was like, yeah. uh, sorry, guys, I'm leaving this series. I'm going to be Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm I'm Wonder Woman. It's like what are you gonna do? You can't say no to Wonder Woman. You'd be crazy to say no to that. <laughs> and I know there's like a lot of controversy about her. Like they're like she's not big enough to play uh, Wonder Woman. She's not the right. She's not the right stature. She needs to put on weight. She needs to put on muscle. She looked really good in this movie. Like I knew it too oh, yeah. when I saw her in uh, Batman versus Superman. But I really knew like I seeing her in the Fast and Furious movie was like. When they announced her as Wonder Woman, I was like, you know what? She's going to be a badass. And she was. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me talk a bit to that, to that, what you're talking about right now, because I, I got to bring this up. I was having a conversation about this this weekend. We were talking about uh, Marvel and DC in terms of who they cast and the kind of reception they get. Like Marvel, again, this is not a knock against Marvel. I'm just explaining the differences between the two. Marvel kind of always goes with a safe choice, you know, and like whenever they announce whoever's playing whatever character, fans are like, yes, of course, why wouldn't it be this person? It's amazing. Whereas, you know, DC, when they were announcing everybody who was going to play these, let's say it, iconic roles, for the most part, people reacted pretty negatively to them all. Like, uh, even Ben Affleck as Batman, who I think we can all agree... Affleck blew us all away. Uh, but, like, we're talking about Gal as Wonder Woman, and I hate to – I'm going to admit to it, and I'm man enough to admit I was wrong. Um, when they announced her as Wonder Woman, I was like, no, why would you do that? Like, this is so bad. But, you know, like, she, she pulled it off. 
she proved me and everybody else wrong. Like, honestly, think about it right now. Can you imagine anybody else playing Wonder Woman after you saw what Gal did? No, definitely not. And I don't, and to be honest, like, to to name another person who could play uh, Diane, it's tough for me to even think about another person. Like, who else could you imagine Right, like playing in that right. role. Like I, I and when they announced Wonder Woman to me, I was like, I don't know who would even play Wonder Woman. And yeah, so yeah, to see exactly. Gal Gadot fill that role, I was like, oh yeah, that's a pleasant surprise right there. I like it. Exactly, and like you know, I've read the the list of the other actresses that were considered for the role, and you know, at the time I was like, oh yeah, sure, she'd be good, or this one would be good, or you know, whoever. But like now, I look at those lists, and I'm just like, mm, nah, nah, bro. Like, no, nah, we got Gal, and she's killing it. Like, I can't wait. Like, think think about this. We saw her in the role last year in Batman vs. Superman. We saw her. We're going to get to see her twice this year. We saw her in Wonder Woman. We're going to see her again in Justice League. That's amazing. That's awesome. I can't wait. I'm, like, even more psyched for Justice League at this point. Mainly Side because, note, uh, just going to put this out there. Go ahead. Just going to put this other uh, Batman versus Superman. I'm going to be honest. Uh, my favorite line for the whole entire movie was when Batman, like the Superman, says, do you bleed? You're gonna. Right. Just put I was just like, what? Batman? That's so arrogant. Like, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that kind of, that's kind of, yeah, exactly. That's kind of Batman in a nutshell. He'll say that kind of thing. But my favorite, like, uh, if we're going to talk about that line, that's in that scene, because, uh, you know, like Batman comes around that corner and the Batmobile just bounces right off of Superman. And Batman, mm-hmm. is like, uh, he's like, tell me, do you bleed? I love the look Superman gives him after he says that. He's like, he's like, bitch, do I look like I bleed? And then he just takes <laughs> off. <laughs> that's one of the best. React, and I got to give it to Henry for that because I always say this. I feel like he doesn't have enough. Like, again, this is not a knock to his Superman or the way the character is written or the way it's put up on screen. But I feel like they've there. I feel like this is intentional. I feel they're holding back his performance because Henry Cavill has a very expressive face. If you've ever seen him do interviews or like his videos that he posts on Instagram or Facebook, the man has a very expressive face. And I feel that one, that one reaction in that scene in Batman versus Superman is probably the only time we got to see it. Uh, I feel like we're going to get to see more of it in Justice League because they keep talking about how, you know, once he comes, uh, again, spoiler alert for an over one-year-old movie, uh, once he comes back from the dead, they keep talking about how this is going to be a more traditional Superman. So I feel like they've been holding back his performance just a little bit. And then hopefully they're going to just let him loose and let him do all the, all the stuff that he, he hasn't been able to do so far. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Now on a side note too, like it's just, it's, it's so cool to see like this. It's, it's, Watching the DC build up to the Justice League was almost like it's it's almost as exciting. I think maybe if not more than what Marvel did. Like you knew exactly how everything was gonna roll out. Like as soon as Iron Man was there, Nick Fury shows up. Then we talk about Captain America, and then Thor, and everybody started to slow play everything. And then bam, we got hit with the Avengers. And just watching this one, man, 
we knew Batman, we knew who he was, even though Batman doesn't have his own standalone film with Ben Affleck as Batman. We all knew Batman. You know, we watch we watch Man of Steel, then we see Batman versus Superman, then we see Wonder Woman, and then bam, here comes the Justice League and you're like, Yes. I don't even care like as much as I and I'll be honest, man, as much as I, I love watching Cyborg and Aquaman and Flash, and, you know, eventually they'll probably put in Green Lantern. As much as I love watching those guys in this movie, I only care about the three. Let's be real. That's the trio. Those are the three masterminds. We need to see those guys and then throw us in that movie. And so for me, like, a lot of people were mad because, like, DC or Marvel didn't do a, a Black Widow movie, and they didn't do a Hulk movie, you know? They didn't do a Hawkeye movie. Like, it's not really necessary. Those guys are side characters. Like, you want the big three, and let's go. Thor, Iron Man, and... and uh, and Captain America, put him in a movie, let's run. And then we can introduce all the other characters while they're there. And it's, it's cool to see, uh, like, the right, build-ups right. that way. But I think, right. for me, I'm excited with DC's Justice League because it's darker, and I like the dark grittiness of the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I feel, um, I remember when Man of Steel came out, and everybody was kind of criticizing the movie for being, and this is an actual quote, they said, it was too serious. And I remember thinking, like, do you think we read comic books with a smirk on our face? Like, no, like, this has always been serious. Like, I understand if you, if you appreciate humor in your movies, your superhero movies and whatnot. Like, that's fine. I'm not saying it's wrong. But, like, they're two different studios, two different companies. They have their own, their own brands and their own approaches to this material. Like, it's, you know, people hate on DC and love Marvel or people who love Marvel and hate on, or or love DC and hate on Marvel. Like it's, I don't get it, man. Like I love both of them. It's two different flavors. You know, if you, if you get tired of one temporarily, go try the other one. If you get tired of that, go back and try the other one. Like, and the other thing is too, like people talk about like, well, their approaches are so different. Not really. People got mad about like Batman versus Superman and like how they're like, well, Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg only have, like, cameos, and and then we're supposed to wait for their solo movies afterwards? That's not cool. But, like, look at what Civil War did. Civil War did the exact same thing. They introduced Spider-Man and Black Panther as supporting characters in those movies and then gave them their own solo movies. Never mind what you just said about, like, Black Widow and Hawkeye and all that. The characters who are also only supporting characters and still don't get their own uh, solo movies. Like... Ah, it just frustrates me, you know? Like, it's like, yeah. No, yeah, I'm, no, I definitely, I understand that. Yeah, I'm, but I'm with you on what you were saying. Like, it does feel a bit more, because, you know, like what you were saying, like when Marvel was rolling out Avengers, it's like, here's Iron Man, here's, here's Thor, here's Captain America, and you know where this is going. One of the things people complain about, like what DC is doing, it's like, well, why aren't they just, doing what Marvel did and give everybody their solo movies before they do the big team-up movie. It's like, I honestly don't care because this feels a bit more exciting. Like, you don't know where any of this is going. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit more exciting because you're like, with Marvel, you knew what to expect. Here, there's a little bit of mystery to it. Like, because people, like, you know, we didn't even mention Suicide Squad. But like, you know, like when you when you're trying to figure out the timeline. Well, I remember people thought Suicide Squad was going to take place before Batman versus Superman, and I was like, I don't know about that. But you know, like obviously, for the most part, all of this is in chronological order. 
uh, even Wonder Woman, because the bookends of that movie take place after Batman versus Superman. And you can even, like, at the end, after she takes off, it's like, okay, well, she's going to go deal with whatever disaster is happening, and then she's probably going to go meet up with Bruce. Like, that's probably the lead into Justice League right there. But, yeah. Oh, it, yeah, no, I, definitely. Uh, so let's let, let's try and get back uh, back to Wonder Woman because we were talking about uh, oh boy <laughs> what were we so Gal Gadot's yeah, character like the development of how she became like Wonder Woman how she became a strong woman and it was like you know she understood she had to understand how the world worked because she had her own ideas of hey I'm just gonna go find Ares and I'm just gonna kill Ares and what we come to find yeah. out is that you know Steve Trevor like, kind of had to show her the ropes a little bit about, like, hey, though, you know, in the movie, the movie, and we've talked, we're going to keep repeating this over and over again, it's about female empowerment, but ultimately what we saw was, we saw, you know, we saw Trevor there trying to, like, help, you know, Mm -hmm. Gail get her real footing, but then when Gail was, like, when Gail said, hey, that's it, I'm in, you know, Wonder Woman shows up, Hey, we're about to kick some ass. And then, and the the number one role I think about is when she jumps out of the trenches and the first bullet comes to her and she just deflects it. And then she's like, "All right," and everybody's like, oh, "It's home." So dope. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she go, when she comes out of the trenches and and uh, yeah, Steve is like, uh, "She's distracting them. Everybody go!" And they all just run out there. Uh, that whole scene is fantastic. But yeah, like you were saying, like um, yeah, there's like the development of the character over the first half of the movie, like the whole movie, but the, the first half specifically where she's kind of a naive girl, uh, you know, and she, she doesn't really know how the real world works. And, and, you know, like she's her mother and, and everybody kind of just kept her there on the Island and protected her. And then, and then she just gets sent off into the world to, to see what, what's out there. One of my favorite jokes is, you know, um, the cinematography in the movie shifts. Like when when you're on Themyscira at the beginning, everything's beautiful. The colors are bright and they pop right off the screen. And then she gets to London and everything's drab and dark. And just like she even comments, she's like, it's hideous. And Steve is like, yeah, it's not for everyone. Like that's one of my favorite yeah, jokes in that movie. <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes. Uh, because I don't know if you've ever been to London, it it kind of looks like that in real life. It's kind of rainy and muggy all the time. But yeah, yeah, like that's one of my favorite jokes. But like, yeah, like she even when she gets to London and she's still like, she's still very childlike and naive uh, in her beliefs and her goals, what she's trying to accomplish, what she thinks she has to do. And then you know where she ends up in, at the at the tail end of the movie is it's a very natural and organic uh, evolution of the character. And, and yeah, she had the part, you know. Yeah, when she had that part where she was like, she watches Steve, you know, spoiler for those guys, you know, who haven't seen it yet. But when she watches Steve die, and she says, you know, she rages out. And she starts just massacrating people. And then you see Ares is like, yes, let the hate build. Let the rage go. Oh, you know, and she finally realized, like, no, that's not what I want to do. And then you just saw, like, this huge evolution of the character. Bam, in a split second, she was just, like a light bulb went off in her head. And she was like, you know what? It's not the way. And she was like, yeah. I'm, about to, I'm about to handle my business now. Well, yeah, and the great thing about that is, you know, she, 
because uh, when Steve was when we originally see him uh, say his goodbyes, we don't get to hear what he says to her, you know, because she's still disorientated from the explosion. Uh, and then in that moment, you you get that flashback where she finally realizes what he said to her, and uh, you know, she even reiterates Steve's words to Ares, and it's you know the thing that it's not about uh, when she say it's not about want, it's about what you believe. And I believe in love. And ah, man, <laughs> that yeah, like where, where she ends up ultimately in the movie is, yeah, it's fantastic. I it, the movie is incredibly well written, uh, and it's very like I also have to give uh, I have to give props to Patty Jenkins, uh, the director, uh, for for being able to for having such a strong handle on the material to be able to put it up on screen the way she did you know like i feel like a lot of people give credit to uh gal gadot and chris pine and you know to their credit they do deserve uh applause but not a lot of credit goes to the people behind the the camera for the most part but like patty jenkins deserves the credit uh for putting that movie up on screen the way it is. Cause like in the hands of a lesser director, we would have had another Catwoman, We would have had another Electra and we don't want that, <laughs> especially not for a character as iconic as wonder woman who deserves a movie as fantastic as this movie is. So mm, yeah. Poor Catwoman yeah, but, and poor Electra. I know. Right. <laughs> Although to be, to be fair, Electra uh, got her redemption on the, the daredevil Netflix series. So, but you I don't know, know what you though? It took, it took that small scene, you know, and well, and let's be real. If we want to go like that, you know, Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight uh, Rises, I mm. think that probably was one of my favorite uh, renditions of Catwoman because she was very, like, sleek and cool, but she wasn't like, hey, look at me, I'm Catwoman. Like, she yeah, was yeah, very, yeah, like, exactly. hey, this is what I'm going to do. She wasn't like, she wasn't overly sexualized, and I appreciate that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to kind of um, to kind of get a little off topic here, I do. Since you brought since you brought her up, I do want to I want to give a shout out to uh, Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle, Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises, and specifically, uh, there's one thing I always pick up on whenever I rewatch that movie that not a lot of people talk about, like. Uh, she she kind of seems to be hearkening back to like the golden age of Hollywood, like the old like the old time screen sirens in that performance, and I think that also helps as well. So yeah, I gotta I'm gonna give her some props for that as well. <laughs> she definitely had like that sensual kind of look to her without being over sexualized. Like and, and that's, uh, we've kind of gone back to talk about that, but. It's it's definitely nice to see. It was nice to see her in that role. I know, like, it's it was crazy because I think at first I was kind of against it, and then like the more I got to thinking about, it, I was like, well, maybe she will fit in. I was like, I was wrong, and I'll be honest, I was one of those guys who was very very wrong about Heath Ledger playing Joker. Very wrong. And I'll be the first one to admit that. And uh, I was like, you know what? I was like, I saw what they do with Heath. Let's see what they do with Anne, and they did her. Um, they did, she did it justice. She was definitely better. So it kind of made me forget about Halle Berry playing Catwoman. In fact, sometimes I have to remember that she was in that movie. 
Yeah, but we then, as to, well, we it's, try to it's like you talk about the Netflix. Yeah, and then you yeah. talk about the Netflix series with Elektra. You know, Elektra definitely got her redemption, definitely, in uh, the, the new uh, Daredevil series. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's uh, kind of a sign of the times, uh, because, like, and I feel like the the apex of that is Wonder Woman, you know, to bring it back on topic. Because, you know, you look about, you look at the female-led superhero movies of, of yesterday, uh Supergirl with Helen Slater. Not that that movie is entirely terrible. It's just mostly terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, like, uh, what else? What were some of the other ones? Help me out, Clifford. We've talked about this a bunch. Uh, uh, man. Like, there, there was Supergirl. Um, like, we said Catwoman and Elektra. I think those are the big ones that everybody remembers. But there's more. And they're all oh barbed wire with uh, Pamela. Barbed wire. Remember that one? Um, I do remember that. What a piece of crap that one was. (laughs) But like you know, those movies came out in a time, and even Catwoman and Electra, which those were early two thousands, and you'd think like that's when people were starting to get a handle on this material, but they still managed to screw those up. Like I feel like nowadays, like like you know, we just said we got some stellar portrayals and performances for Catwoman and Elektra and now here we are celebrating a a female led major motion picture which is Wonder Woman and now people are like yeah let's get more of those let's do more of those like they're talking about the the Gotham City Sirens movie now and even Marvel you know again not being a hater but they've been really dragging their feet on that Captain Marvel movie <laughs> yes yeah, like they announced that one however many years ago, and like so far they have their star, but they still don't have a director or a script, at least as far as I know. That no, I think they have a they have a release date, I think, but like it's kind of insane that they have a release date and they haven't locked down a director and a script or the rest of the cast for that matter. No, yeah, you're definitely true about that. Like it's odd that you know that movie. There's so much potential for everything that's going to be coming out, and and I was I was kind of hoping to someday see kind of like a Black Widow movie, maybe where you kind of touch on the origins a little bit about where she is to where she's at now, but we're never going to get yeah, that, definitely. and it's just something that Marvel's just not wanting to do. And how would you and and you built your franchise? I get it. You built your franchise on three of the biggest names in in the in the universe, right? And those are Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. And you don't really want to try to jeopardize it, so you try to keep the safe route, as we've talked about with how you talked about with uh, the casting-wise. You want to try to keep the safe route, just kind of maneuver left and right, kind of move the ship along. But you're going to have to have that movie that stars a female, that showcases what she's all about. And until you do Cat Marvel, you cannot keep banking on Scarlett Johansson to keep putting out these great performances as Black Widow, you know, She's great. I don't have any problem with her, but she should have had her own movie. At least in phase two, she should have had her own movie. Yeah, at least. At least. Like, she should have had her own movie years ago. And I feel like that's uh, a missed opportunity because the character has potential for really interesting story, storytelling. Because they've hinted at a lot of her history in these movies, but they never really elaborate on any of it. And it's just like it feels like they're 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 like oh don't worry she's gonna get her own movie, 
And it's like, it just never happens. And it's like, you guys keep doing this. Like, you keep you keep teasing us with it. And even Scarlett has, uh, she's made some comments uh, about, like, how disappointed she is with uh, uh, the lack of um, uh, representation for the character. Like, uh, so much so that I don't think she did any press for... Uh, did she do press for Civil War? I don't remember her doing it for Civil War. I definitely know she wasn't at the premiere yesterday for was it the sneak the sneak clip of uh oh yeah uh, Infinity e- War E twenty three or whatever it is yeah 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 like she's she's kind of opted out of doing press because she's kind of frustrated with with what they're not doing with the character and uh, so much so that like when she signed up for Ghost in the Shell that was kind of her saying like if you don't want to give me my own my own movie as Black Widow, like I can go and just do this franchise instead. Like that was kind of her Which way of doing like, What's that? We won't even talk. We won't even talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I just bring it up like as the, you know, like that was a business tactic that she did. You know, she's like, yeah. you, you guys, you guys won't give Black Widow her own movie, but you're going to give Captain Marvel her own movie. And again, like that's fine. That's fine. For the love of God, Marvel, do a female superhero movie. At this point, I don't care who it is, but I do feel uh, disappointed that we never got the Black Widow movie. And by the time we do, if we do, it would probably be too late. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's already past that. Could you even if you go into Phase Four, like you got Captain Marvel, you know, you're gonna have Doctor Strange two, you know, you're obviously gonna have um, Black Panther two. That's that's it, though, man. Like, Spider-Man, maybe have a sequel. Who knows, you know? But that's, that's we're not talking about a Black Widow movie. We're still not talking about a Black Widow movie, and we've started this franchise back, what, 2003, 2004 with Iron Man? That was 2008. Like, and we've yeah, and then we've introduced Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. as Black Widow back in 2010. 2010, correct. Yeah, yeah, so how many years is that? That's seven. Seven years. Yeah, we're talking seven. So yeah, yeah, seven years ago they introduced the character. Yeah, seven years is too long for her to not have her own solo movie. Like, how many movies has Robert Downey Jr. been in? He's done the three Iron Man movies. Do we count his cameo at the end of Incredible Hulk? Um, we can't for the purpose of this. This counts. Okay. Okay, so that's that's four. He's in both Avengers movies. That puts him at six. Six. Civil War. Seven. Spider-Man. Eight. Eight. Am I missing? And you already know he's in the two Infinity, and then he's in Infinity Wars. That's right. So it's ten. All right. Um, let let let's talk about all right, how many has Scarlet been? She's in Iron Man two. She's in Avengers, The Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Civil War. Is that right? Am I missing any? Nope. Yeah. And then five. she's going to be in the two Infinity <laughs> Wars as well. Yeah, yeah, she's going to be in those, but so far just five. That's criminal, man. Like, why do you... Why hire somebody like Scarlett Johansson and, and, and not use her to her full potential. Like straight up, man. I mean, like, for Gal, that, Gadot, 
Gal Gadot got her her first solo movie after like right after her first appearance as a character. I don't get and, it. And, and, and I get it too, because like, well, in the same way, I kind of understand like where DC was, because DC was like, look, we're gonna focus around the three, the big three, and we talked about this earlier in the broadcast, where it's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And if you look on the other side of things, you know, the Avengers, like the mo- pieces are always moving, right? But it right. seems like you're always seeing the same three kind of consistent. Well, I guess not really, because the two big consistent characters are gonna be the Iron Man or uh, Captain America. If Thor got his own single movie because people need to expand on Asgard. Because understand Asgard is going to be a huge, huge deal, especially with Ragnarok coming out. It's going to be a huge deal. Because apparently, not that I want to spoil this for anybody, but the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, mm-hmm. is supposed to be making an appearance in Ragnarok somewhere in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard that too. And so, you know, and but they're going to be going on Asgard cool. to see it. Yeah, isn't that isn't that supposed to be set up for Infinity War though? Yeah, because the Guardians have to have to make it to Earth somehow, or they have to meet up with the Avengers somewhere. So why wouldn't it be Thor? You know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. But you know, I mean, Black Widow herself is kind of a setup character. We've talked about her being a supporting role, but eventually, like. Even if you was to do a duo film where it was Clint and uh, and Romanoff, it would it would work, right? You would be like, all right, these are two. This is kind of like their stories about how they grew up together, or you know, one grew up one way, this guy grew up another, and this is how their stories kind of mesh together in a sense. And it would make sense to have that kind of film. At least give them that. I mean, Jesus, we're just we're not even asking that you. We're we would love to see Scarlett Johansson have her own movie, but shit, if you gave one to this. You know, you gave one to, um, oh, damn it. Uh, you gave Hawkeye and you gave Black Widow their own uh, their movie together in a film. We're not going to complain much after that. We'll be like, all right, finally they got what they, yeah, yeah, what they yeah, deserve. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, were talking exactly. about, even, even if you Marvel was talking about. For the both of them, like, that'd be fine. Right. And, and even, you know, Marvel was talking about doing an Inhumans movie, and then they jacked up the storyline and accidentally put it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then they had to cancel it because they're like, well, I guess we'll just make this into a TV show then. Well, why can't you yeah. at least give her something? That whole, the whole Inhumans thing, oh, man. We'll talk about that in a later installment of the show because that deserves its own episode. Uh, <laughs> needless uh, to, to, to kind of uh, preface, uh, that show looks terrible. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it for now. We'll talk about that later um and that's kind of, look i'm going to kind of expand upon something i mentioned at the top of the show uh people kind of assume i'm a marvel hater because i say stuff like i just said um it's not that i'm a marvel hater i'm not i love marvel the problem is i've started to see the cracks in their game plan the cracks that everybody else is blindly ignoring you know like everybody's like Sure, Inhumans uh, was supposed to be a movie, but now it's a subpar television show. Yeah, we're still excited. It's like, why are you still excited about that? It looks awful. Like, like not even just the, 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 the execution of it, like the cinematography. They're like, it's shot in IMAX. And I'm like, yeah, and it looks terrible. Like, who did you pay to shoot this? Can you get your money back? Because it looks awful. You're shooting in IMAX. This should look amazing, and it looks terrible. 
ah, I'm sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but it's like it's it's my problems with Marvel are specifically Marvel Studios and a lot of the 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 their business tactics that they're doing right now because like I said, the fan base seems to just be blindly eating it up, and I am one of a, only a handful of people who seems to see it and acknowledge it like this is not good. You know, and I'm not saying like what they've done in the past is terrible. Like it's that it was good and it's starting to get out of hand. Like, and I'm just like, guys, you you got to rein it in a little bit here. Cause like, I often say this, like Marvel, when they first set up Marvel studios, they were like, Oh, we're, we're just, we're like, we're an independent film studio and, and, you know, we're going to hire the kind of people that, that, that do independent film to make the kind of movies they want to make. Fast forward 10 years later and, and ask Joss Whedon or Edgar Wright or even Patty Jenkins, who was hired to do Thor, the second Thor, and then uh, left the project because of what some behind-the-scenes drama. Talk to any of those guys and ask them if Marvel is still that quote-unquote independent studio who's going to let their, their, their talent make the movies that they want to make. Go ahead. Ask them. Ask any of them. I'll go through that list again. Joss Whedon, the king of the nerds himself. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright has so much nerd cred at this point. Even he got screwed over by Marvel. Patty Jenkins, who has since gone on to make Wonder Woman, the movie we're celebrating right now, like, they all got screwed over big time by Marvel. So much so that, like, Joss Whedon, <laughs> again, Joss Whedon, like, he went over to, to DC. Like, you know, like, it's not that I hate Marvel. It's, I love Marvel, but I just want them to get back on track. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of the stuff mm. we're talking about here, like, even with, like, Black Widow, even that, give Black Widow her own solo movie. That might help. Like, straight up, I want you guys to be the thing that I fell in love with on screen all that, you know, almost 10 years ago. Because that's amazing. Like, to this day, my favorite Marvel movies are still Phase 1. Like, straight up. Phase 1 is still the best. I mean, Phase 2 was so disappointing. Phase 2 only has two good movies, and that's Captain America the Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. Phase 3, I'm still kind of uh, hit or miss on. Because, uh, as you know, I, I still have issues with Civil War. I know everybody loves Civil War and everybody likes to everybody likes to get off on that movie. But I look at that movie and I'm like, there's so much missed potential in this movie. And, you know, you I don't and I know. talked I don't about know it a lot. About. It's like... <laughs> you, you, you that wasn't the Civil movie. War. That was the Civil... That was a civil fight. That's what we. That's what. That's how we should acknowledge that film. As always, yeah, it's yeah, just it's, a civil fight. That's all it was. It's less civil war. It's civil brawl. Because that's the thing. Yep. Like everybody talks about that shot when the the two teams are are rushing against each other, and everybody's like, "It's so epic." And it's like, no, it's not. Those are like teams of five. If you read the Civil War comic book, it's literal armies of superheroes and villains. Like, let that sink in. Armies. Not teams, armies, and they're fighting each other. And that's, you know, like, that's the most disappointing thing about that movie. Everybody gets so hyped about it. And I'm just like, this is such a watered-down, dumbed-down version of Civil War. And that's what I was always afraid that movie was going to be. And then I saw it, and it's exactly what I was afraid of. And everybody's loving it. And I'm like, 
what's wrong with you people? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm ranting right now, and I promised I wasn't going to do that. Uh, no, yeah, you're yeah, definitely it's, right, it's, though. It's just, it's just some shady business tactics that's going on over there at Marvel, and that's kind of what irritates me. Um, you know, and, and and I'm not saying uh, Warner Brothers in DC is 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 totally um, free of any of that. Perfect. Because they, yeah, because they've done some some weird stuff as well. But I mean, for the most part, they genuinely seem to let their talent do what they want to do. And I know that's kind of something that, that irritates people. Like people will say like, well, that's why, you know, Zack Snyder's movies aren't, aren't very good. Screw you, man. Zack Snyder. I'm going to say this. I love Zack Snyder and you can hate me all you want for saying this, but I'm going to bring this up. When a director as revered as James Cameron lists Zack Snyder as one of the directors of this generation who influences him, that means something. When James Cameron is praising Zack Snyder, that means something, okay? But yeah, like you can even talk about Suicide Squad, whether you liked that movie or not. Warner Brothers in DC let David Ayer make the movie he wanted to make. You know, whether you thought it was any good or not is beside the point. I'm talking about a studio giving their talent the freedom to make the movie they want to make. And sure, that may have been the case for Marvel in the beginning, but that's certainly not the case anymore. Again, talk to Joss Whedon about that. Talk to Edgar Wright. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for DC to snatch up Edgar Wright at this point. Like let him direct let him direct the flash. Like they can't seem to lock down a director for that one. Put him on the flash. That movie would be amazing. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, and that's a that's one of the things about Wonder Woman to kind of get this back on track because <laughs> we got out there. Um uh, you know, they hire someone like Patty Jenkins and she has such a strong handle on the material, on the character on what the character means to her and what she wants it to mean to little girls and, and, and women and just, and everybody, the world, she wants this character to matter. And it's that kind of love and, and, and appreciation of the character and her mythology that I think led to her putting that movie up on screen and having it be as good as it is. So no, you're definitely right about that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry to any of the the listeners who just got drug on that <laughs> that rant of mine. <laughs> well, I, I, you really know, well, I didn't, really didn't need to take it there. <laughs> in the same instance, though, we got to look back at the Marvel universe too, and we got to understand that you know the thing about DC and Warner Brothers in particular is that Warner Brothers like to do like dark darker kind of movies where like Warner Brothers well like. Disney obviously buying a rights to Marvel, they're not in that same process, not in the same mind frame. And we kind of saw that when you saw, um, you know, Iron Man 3, it was kind of a darker film, but it wasn't well recepted because, you know, it wasn't like that happy-go-lucky kind of Disney film. And I think that's what scared Disney from doing other movies like it. So then they were like, well, let's really kind of go all in with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. And we saw, like, a, a bright, vibrant, funny, 
but yeah, kind of serious Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and that's and that's what we saw. That's what we understood. Whereas, like, when we look over at, you know, Warner Brothers, and we, we you mentioned it perfectly, they're not out of the clear at all, man. We still have Steel. Uh, we still have yeah. Catwoman. That's yeah. out there. Batman or Robin. You know, <laughs> yeah. we yeah, movies yeah, that yeah, we yeah. we open we'll talk about not acknowledging, and those were those were supposed to be like bright kind of films and talked about other than Catwoman. They're supposed to be kind of those kind of great films, and they didn't work out. You know what I mean? And and they dropped the ball on those. And by all means, you know, I mean that's what we're saying. Like DC is not out with any sin because we definitely understood that they made those mistakes. But I think they understood too that if we're gonna make the tone of a movie dark, then let's make the, all the movies the same kind of way. That dirty grind that we can get, and it's really cool to see. I really do appreciate it. You know, you mentioned Zack Snyder. You know, I I am one of the few people I think out there who loves Zack Snyder's work, especially and everybody's gonna laugh at me. I love Sucker Punch. Like to me, I thought that movie was amazing. I thought the fight scenes were great. I thought the storytelling was good. I thought the animation that was drawn in there was looking really great. I thought the sequences and the way that were shot was looking awesome. And we saw that same depiction in Man of Steel. We saw it in Batman vs Superman. We're gonna see it in the Justice League. Like the movie is going yeah. to play well. And you know, and Jaws Whedon coming in, stepping in. Jaws Whedon stepping in for Zack Snyder right now, just until Zack gets back on his feet. Like that's. That's awesome. Like you mean to tell me the man who just did the just uh who just did the Avengers movie, the Avengers movie, and let's talk about the great Avengers movie, he's gonna say, Hey, you know what, Zach, let me help you out. I'm gonna follow your direction and we're gonna knock out uh Justice League together. That's awesome. And you yeah, need yeah, that kind yeah. of collaborations with these kind of bigger films and it was funny because like, you know, we didn't even kinda of joke about it. They're like, How are they gonna do Justice League? And he was like, They're gonna need to bring me in. Coincidentally, he got brought in. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you know, I, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, like I was saying, man, I, I, I love Zack Snyder, and uh, you know, I've, I've already kind of said all this stuff on social media and whatnot. But like, um, you know, my heart breaks for the man. What happened uh, to him and his family? Like, that's that's terrible. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, but I love, I love Zack Snyder. I love his films. I love his work as a director. That man, whether you, you know, whatever your gripes are with the man, you have to at least admit the man is an artist when he puts an image on screen. I've never seen a Zack Snyder film that looked ugly. All of his movies look fantastic. You know, the man's an artist. Like, he's, he's painting, he's putting all that stuff. Like, like, you look at the Justice League trailer, that, that first trailer that was released at Comic-Con last year, you know, that shot of Aquaman standing there and the wave crashing up against him. I was like, that shot alone, I was like, oh, the hype is real. <laughs> this is so awesome. Like, and can I say on yeah. a side note, too? Go ahead. Jason, Jason Momoa is going to be one hell of an Aquaman. I legit was making fun of people who was like, you know what? Aquaman's not that dude. And recently I had done a water jug because I drink a gallon of water a day. And I put Aquaman, like, in the middle of my pack. And people laughed. They are like, why would Aquaman be that low? I was like, have you seen Aquaman lately? He looks like a badass. He looks like the kind of guy that not only is going to call over some fish, but he's going to rip your face off too. And people are like, what? And I show them pictures of what Aquaman's going to look like in a new Justice League movie. And they're like, you know what? He's, he deserves to be in the middle of that list. You're right. <laughs> 
Well, Aquaman. Oh man. Okay, like we're gonna we're gonna get into this. Aquaman's a character I've always loved. Um, but that's because you know I'm I've always been in the world of DC, and I always read the comic books, and I always saw people make those same jokes about how oh Aquaman's a lame character, blah blah blah. It's like you actually read Aquaman because he's actually kind of a badass, like straight up, like him. Aquaman, his wife Mira, who's also going to be in the Justice League movie, and I'm so hyped about that. Uh, any of the Atlanteans, they're all badasses, uh, but Aquaman specifically. And like, you don't you don't buy that if you don't want to read a comic book, go watch uh, the animated movie Justice League: Throne of Atlantis. One of the most badass moments in that movie. Uh, spoiler alert to anybody who a has never read any of the new Fifty Two comic books because he did this in the comic books. Or if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to see it, go watch it. But one of the most baddest moments there is like him and Black Manta are locked in battle. And uh, it, for a second there, it looks like Manta's going to win. And he starts monologuing like an idiot. And in that time, uh, Arthur Curry, Aquaman, summons a fucking shark to come up underneath Black Manta and just devours him. And it's one of these moments where you're like, yes! You're just jumping up and down, screaming. It's like, that's awesome! Just keep that in mind the next time you want to make a, a, an Aquaman joke. This guy could throw a shark at you. Like, <laughs> straight up. Well, I mean, let's be real. In, uh, in, a, in a Justice Games, like, you know, oh, yeah. shout out to Ed Boone for throwing this out there. Like, yo... He grabs like the craziest looking character or creatures from the ocean to kill, to help attack. Like that's crazy. And there's yeah, this big gigantic shark looking creature coming up from the bottom that just carries you and just bites you as he's like pulling you across the water. Like Aquaman is a bad dude. Like yeah, yeah his costumes, that, that orange, that orange with the green pants. Like yeah, I give it to yeah, you. It's I'll lame. I'll give you but, that one. Yeah, the character, the costume is a bit tacky, but. You know, like you were saying, like, you think about the creatures he can... Like, people talk about, oh, he's lame, he talks to fish. And people have this idea of him just talking to, like, seahorses and shit because of that, the Super Friends cartoon. Which, I have to point out, I always talk about this when people bring that up. It's like, that cartoon was meant to entertain two-year-olds. That was not meant for people, you know, our age now. That was meant to entertain your children, the same way Teen Titans Go is aimed at children. And I think we can all agree that Teen Titans Go is not a good show. <laughs> but kids you know what else it. is funny, though? Kids is that... love it. Well, and think about this, right? Is that Someone like Family Guy was making fun of Aquaman for the longest time. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now that we see a new family, uh, we see a new Aquaman, Jason Momoa showing up and just ready to wreck house. Like, you know, he picked up Bruce Wayne. He slams him against the wall and was just like, what do you want? Like, homeboy put hands on Bruce Wayne. He put hands on the Batman. (laughs) Like, who else does that? Yeah, no, like, um, I remember when uh, the news broke about Jason Momoa playing Aquaman. That was one of those things where I love Jason Momoa. The man put him in anything. You know, I don't care. Guy, have you, do you follow him on, like, Instagram or anything like that? I don't, but I did follow his Reddit when he did the Ask Me Anything. Dude, you got to follow that guy on social media. Like, that guy knows how to live life, and he loves life. 
he's like the type of dude that you just hang out with, get a beer and, you know, have a great time with. Like if you follow him on Instagram, I follow him on Instagram. He's <laughs> that guy gives me life like straight up. So I found out he was going to play Aquaman and I was a little confused by it, you know, like not in a bad way, but I was just like, as Aquaman, I was like, Oh my God, that's going to be amazing. Like my confusion wore off really quick. <laughs> and I was just, I was in. Yeah. And it took me, it took me when I saw his picture show up, I was like, that's, that's yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. That's I was like, he's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's not going to be any more uh, lame Aquaman jokes now after this movie comes out. <laughs> I wish it would have. I wish. I wish like the promo when they showed him be like it would have said something like, "Make those jokes now." And be like, nope, not going to. Not going to say anything about you. You know what? In fact, you scare me. In the in the poster you have, you scare me. Because at first I thought they were like they're going to cut this man's hair, dye it blonde and stuff. Right, nope, that's they're just like too. dark. Like, yeah, they were like, want you with long black long hair with your beard. Yeah, they're like, keep the hair, keep the beard. We love it. Keep it all. I saw um, a meme, which was really funny. It was a, a behind-the-scenes photo of Jason as Aquaman, and he was, uh, you know, they were filming, and so he's, like, coming up out of the water. And it's, uh, it's a picture of Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. Like, he comes up out of, the, out of the lake, and he's like, yo, who the fuck is in my lake? And it's uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman. He's like, we got a problem? And he's like, nah, you do you. And it's Jason backing away, back into the water. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, straight up. Jason Momoa's Aquaman could, would scare Jason Voorhees away any any day. Man, no, so there's a lot of hype, though, man. I'm definitely excited to see what the, what, what comes forward. And then, uh, you know, next week, one of the things I think we should talk about next week, and we'll get some hype with it, with it uh, we should definitely talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I have a, I have a ton of uh, thoughts and feelings uh, on Spider-Man: Homecoming, and we will definitely, we'll definitely get into that uh, next week. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I think we should probably sign off for now because it's almost eight o'clock here. <laughs> and I know you, I know you're a very busy man, Clifford. So, uh, all right, yeah, that's our first episode. <laughs> Anybody listening, uh, if you wanna you wanna have a laugh about this, Clifford and I were like, ah, this first one maybe half an hour. <laughs> it's almost been two hours. Maybe about forty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 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 that's uh that's how that's how off topic we got here. All right. <laughs> so uh, okay, uh, that's the that's the first one, and uh, we're gonna hopefully do this at least once a week. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our discussion and uh, some of our insights. If you don't, that's totally fine, too. All opinions are welcome. All opinions are, are valid. Whether you agree with us or disagree with us, we're, like I said, we're not trying to spread negativity. We're all about positivity. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, first episode, Nerds of the Roundtable. Uh, Clifford, uh, tell these fine people where they can find you online. You're on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. 
So you guys can find me actually on Twitter at CM underscore Miller 85. Or if you guys want to follow me on Snapchat, you can find me at Ice in the Vein. So I-C-E-N-D-A-V-E-I-N-S. It's kind of like my gamer tag on Xbox. So if you guys want to follow me there. And if you guys want to hang out with me on PS4, it's Red Dog the Beast. Oh, you do have PlayStation. You've known this. How <laughs> come you never sent me a, a friend request, man? I, I have definitely sent you a friend request. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's where you find Clifford on social media. If you want to uh, connect with him on Xbox or PlayStation, go ahead and do that. Uh, go ahead and uh, plug your other podcast. I know you mentioned it at the top of the show, but go ahead and let people know about that as well. Yeah, so another podcast that you guys will be able to catch me on to is called Get the KO featuring Anthony Lou Lujan. He's uh, definitely kind of the wild one in the group. Not really. He's very uh, very descriptive, very very knowledgeable about the subject. He's very a lot of fun to be around. Uh, so you guys can catch us on Get the KO. You guys can also follow my blog, too, uh, at Get the KO uh, or getthekao.blogspot.com. That's there, too. And then you guys can follow me on Facebook, too. So it's all over the place. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, definitely show, uh, if you're into uh, MMA, sports, and whatnot, uh, go definitely, definitely check out uh, Get the KO. Big shout out to that. I got to support my boy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like like he said, uh, his co-host on that is also a, a longtime friend of mine as well. We all grew up together. Uh, we're all living out uh, in the world, though. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, show Clifford some love, everybody. He he deserves it. He's a hardworking man. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at Tron Pilgrim. If you have trouble with that, it's Tron, as in Tron, Pilgrim, like Scott Pilgrim, at Tron Pilgrim on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, at Tron Pilgrim 87. Uh, I don't do Snapchat. Not for me. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's where you'll find me uh, online. All right, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, Clifford, you got any final thoughts? No, man, it was a great first show. I can't wait to get to do this more often. This is a lot of fun, and uh, we'll definitely uh, have to talk more about, you know, like we said next week's favorite villains, favorite movies, and then, of course, you know, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. We're definitely going to talk about Spider-Man Homecoming, for sure. And uh, I think it should go without saying after this this episode, uh, spoiler alert on everything. So if you're trying to avoid spoilers, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to sign off. Uh, hopefully you guys check us out next week. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and say peace out, Clifford. All right, guys. It's a good night. Good fights. There it is. All right. We'll see you guys next week.